Welcome to the Dudes of Sigmar, where a dude and a dude talk about their journey together through the Age of Sigmar. Our legions of adoring fans will hear from a grizzled veteran with decades of gaming experience, but few wins, and a fresh recruit who thinks about the game day and night. So buckle up, Sigmarites, and join us as we explore the realms, news, local events, and whatever else tickles our fancy. Hey, dude, can we chat? Yeah, okay, let's chat. Welcome to the Dudes of Sigmar. I'm Damon. And I'm Roma. Hey, dude, can we chat? Yeah, we get to chat. All right, from so, the traditional territory of the Clately Tanay. Oh, look at you stealing my territorial acknowledgement. So what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about some exciting news that yesterday the Doubles Impact 2023 Players Pack came out and it was released and I was so excited. What is the Doubles Impact 2023? Well, that's the Doubles Tournament that um, Josh, Con, and Grayson and I think a few others might be organizing and it's on May 6th. Man, that sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I was going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I am. <laughs> Okay, so let's. Uh, we got this yesterday, hot off the presses, and we've had a chance to look through it. And so um, Josh had reached out and said, "Hey, can you guys, you know, go over this? Maybe talk about it a bit on a podcast. See if we can hype this up a bit." So I am all for hype. I am all for supporting our friends in the community who really did the lion's share of the work. So uh, I thought, let's talk about this. All right. Well, there's seven battle plans, and they're all unique and. I know that they've made terrain for each battle plan. And when I read this, I was just amazed. Yeah, I think 3D printers have been going burr recently in an effort to get this ready. So I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm just going to read through each one of them, like the title, and then we'll just talk about each one. Well, do we want to just talk about how we're actually building and some of the minor logistical issues? Oh, sure. Sounds good. So it's a doubles tournament. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm not editing this because it's going to be a pain in the butt. Romo's trying to cough. I'm like, nope, don't do it. Um, so two 1,000-point lists. Uh, you cannot duplicate battalions. You cannot um, buff. Uh, the, the two players cannot use uh, any synergies across the board. So there's no... Because uh, the organizers widely recognize just how janky that could be. If suddenly we start using, um, Conan was talking about doing something really not cool with uh, the Gits uh, book with his partner. So none of that, no buffing, no benefits. Uh, the team rolls for um, command dice as a one. You get one per side at the start. Um, standard 1,000 points. Did you say command dice? So you get your regular command points yeah. per team but you and only then get each one. player gets one heroic action no, i thought you only got to roll one well because that would yeah you get your command points so if i go second i would get two plus my generals on the table exactly and then each player gets to roll a heroic action yes correct okay so that that looks fun uh no unique enhancements from the um general's handbook which i think is a pretty good call um, only one unique, uh, you can't double up on uniques. So if you were thinking of using each player using two Gotrex, uh, go to hell. You're a bad person. Can't <laughs> <do that. laughs> I played against Gotrek for the first time. <laughs> yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> it was okay, but oh my gosh, can he kill? And yeah, he's, he's scary. He's a scary little guy. 
Yeah, he's a terrifying dude. Um, and you can have one model that costs more than your points because the goal is to have a bit of fun here. So, oh, and one triumph per team, not, or yeah, per team, not per player. You know what? What I really love about this is that there's a lot of fun included in this. And even the way that the scoring is going to happen and the way we're paired up, it's it's really unique and different and interesting. Yeah, and sp scoring, speaking of which, uh, they're going to use the 20-0 system, which is to say that both players start at 10. And then for every two VP a team wins by, they get one, they increase from 11. So then let's say I beat you by two victory points. Uh, our team beats your team by two victory points. We would get uh, 11 points and you would get nine, um, which is interesting because I don't think if if I have been in a tournament that scored that way, I, I wasn't paying attention. So Yeah, because you're trying to focus on killing a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pairings are... Um, we're not we're not doing ranked because it's just going to be fun. It's a three-game doubles tournament, so w we're not doing round robin or anything like that. I think we're literally just sort of walking around the table. Yep. So now let's get into the uh, missions themselves because these are all custom created. Um, these look like they could be interesting. Yes, they do. So what's the first one? The Obfuscation of Malarian. Okay. So how is Malarian going to obfuscate the battlefield? So they did a pretty good job in reading these around um, setting up keywords. There's a one or two that I thought was a little janky. Um, we'll get to those at the end. But this one is one victory point. Score one if you control one objective. Score one if you control two. Score one if you control more. But this is the money. This is the yes, big one on this yes. one. Score three victory points if you control an objective that was controlled by an enemy last turn and that objective was moved by an umbral tendril. And so that's kind of the special rule they made up on this. And then there's the Statue of Malarian, terrain feature. Yeah, so terrain features prominently in all of these battle packs, which immediately sent me scrambling back to my list to see if I could put a former Red Crusher in there because a lot of these um, battle tactics involve being very close to terrain, and that's where that Crusher really shines. So, Oh. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can squeeze in some points. We'll see. Okay, have you, and I'm guessing you haven't submitted your list yet. Uh, no, not yet, because I'm getting a cheese ball. Um, so this one is going to hoop you and Robin, by the way. I know. I was just so thinking about that right now. In that moment when you said that, I was uh, thinking about that. All units wholly within 18 inches of the statues of Malarian. Terrain feature are not visible to enemies that are more than 12 inches away. So... Uh, Units can hide within the shadow of Malarian here. So bummer if you're thinking of shooting them. And so how this works is for the um, writhing landscape. At the start of each friendly hero phase, a team may select one objective that is within six inches of an umbral ten tendril terrain feature. So I'm sure they've got these shadowy tentacles. Uh, remove that from the battlefield and set it up somewhere else uh, that is within six inches of another umbral tendril terrain feature so you can pick objectives and move them around and that's really how you're going to get those three points wow uh but if you really want to hoop your opponent you can cast the shadowmancy of ulgu which is an 18 inch casting value five spell and if it goes off you can pick one tendril within range and move it to within six inches um 
of its current location. So I can cast this the spell, move one tendril closer to me, right? Then use it to grab an objective that's over somewhere else and bring it even more closer to me. So my spell casting by Lord Arcanum on a Griff Charger, who has a reroll, Magic <laughs> Master of Magic, is going to be very helpful for that. That is going to be super helpful, and it's going to be a nightmare for me because I always forget to cast these special spells. So yes, I don't think I've. I remember in 2020 they had special spells for the uh, LVO train pack. Forgot them every single time. Okay, train uh, number two. What do we got? The fungus hive. This is with has a lot of mushrooms. Yeah, so don't do drugs, kids. Um, Victory points. uh, You control uh, one point for controlling one toadstool, two more standard. Um, But then you get an extra victory point if a unit harvested a toadstool. And so harvesting a toadstool is a, uh, I believe it's commit, yeah, command. Uh, yeah, you issue a command and you can harvest the toadstool. So it's kind of like um, stripping stripping objectives off the table. Oh, okay. So there, yeah, um, there's other, you know, similar objectives in the battle packs where you yes. can burn objectives. Uh, and then you get a harvester uh, keyword every time you um, gather one of these toadstools. Okay. And the that's part of your grand strategy. So this the team with the most harvester units on the table will complete their grand strat, which is kind of funky. Unfortunately, at the start of your hero phase, if you're contesting a, a one of these uh, mushroom objectives, some bad things are going to happen. On a one, and th- I had to th- I'm not entirely sure I, I get the point of this. Roll one dice for each slain model from that unit on a six you must return the slain unit or the slain model to the unit i think there might be a timing issue here because i it's not clear because at the start of the friendly hero phase you eat the mushroom and then it affects you for the rest of your turn but it's not entirely clear to me when that model is returned. Is it returned at the in the battle shock phase? Is it returned immediately when it dies? I'll have to get FAQ that one. Um, on the other hand, you could get some death cap mushrooms and get plus one to your attack characteristics. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Right up until the end of the battle shock, where you suffer D three mortal wounds. <laughs> I love it. I like the odds for my. Um, Theridons. Oh, okay. They're going to put some hurt down on, get all freaked out on some mushrooms. Um, okay, so that was number two. The Broad Nest of Sherrick. Okay, so Conan is endorsing his uh, spider uh, fixation here, I think. This is all about arachnophobia, claustrophobia, and yeah, it's um, <laughs> a lot of spiders. Um. So same one, score one, score two, score more. Uh, but they've got special, the objectives have these special little um, like mystery tokens on them. So when you control uh, an objective, you flip over the tag and your options are lucky, nothing happened, yay. Webbed, the unit may not move in its next here um, movement, charge, or fight phase, so I'm assuming that they're referring to a pylon move there. Uh, oh God, the Spiders suffers a flat six mortal wounds, no ward saves. 
Really? Yeah. It gets worse. Oh my gosh. Where is everyone? The unit suffers a flat 12 mortal wounds, ignoring ward saves. Wow. Flat 12. Do, so I was thinking about this. Like You do not flip over uh, objectives with your good units. Yeah. Like you send in the... Uh, so again, I got to change my list. I am flipping over objectives with my... Or, um, with my 80-point Corvus. I'm not flipping over these objectives with my 400-point knight unit. Right. Because I am exactly. not taking 12, 12 mortal wounds. 12 mortal wounds. Losing three knights die. I oh. love this part of um, the description of this battle plan. Um, one sentence in it says, This new cavern is darker, quieter, calmer, almost too calm. Your men swear they hear scratching sounds, but the little grot is an adamant... This cave has been abandoned for many years. You're beginning to think that Skagit may not be have the best intentions. <laughs> Darn grots. Yeah. Another rule in here, and I got. This reminds me of. Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you again. This reminds me of Conan's creepy um, path to glory. Oh yeah, narrative. no, I read this in his voice. <laughs> I can. I'm hearing <laughs> yeah, it in his voice too. That there's yeah. <laughs> With the little yes. sound that he makes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's an additional rule here. Uh, that your units have to be in coherency because you don't want to wander off and get eaten by the spiders because if you do, if you are not, if your unit cannot draw line of sight, every model in the unit has to be, see another model in another unit from 12 oh. inches away. So you know your little general that likes to bippity boppy boop all over the table? Uh-huh. If he's farther away than 12 inches, guess what gets him? What? A giant spider. Okay. Well, you know what? He's going to be staying close. So he can still bop around. He just um, has to be has within, to 12, within inches. twelve inches. Yeah. So that's uh, that. That one's going to be. Uh, there's going to be a feel bad moment if somebody gets twelve mortal wounds. I'm just saying. Uh, okay. So here's a shout out to the Cadoran uh, Overlord player for our third one. What's this one, dude? This one is the services of Barrack Thruck. Um. So this has some interesting. Um, Unlike objectives, a lot of the victory points here are about debt. And so the player with the least amount of debt at the end of the game wins. So how do you accrue debt? Well, you get three debt every time your general dies. So you could potentially get six there because you'll have two generals. Uh, every time a friendly monster, war machine, wizard, or, or battle line unit. Damn, so there's a oh, lot more debt. That's right. If you don't haggle with the Burgermeister... You because there's a building here that you have to haggle. Um, if you fail to patch your roof, which, which is another objective. Or uh, fix my pipes. Yeah. So when so there's a bidding... So this is the bidding war that was mentioned. Um, oh, there's debt every time from the bidding war. So whenever the battle plan requires you have a bidding war, you do the following. Both teams have one minute to secretly record a number between 1 and 10. Write the number down. Both teams reveal their bid. The highest one wins. But that number that you write down goes towards your debt. Oh, so you really have to think about so you're you not want, just going to pick the highest number. No, so you want to build the high you want to bid the highest number you can without 
while still building bidding as low as possible so that you don't accrue a ton of debt. Right. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm not entirely sure when you do the bidding wars, but because um, frankly, I was just glancing up. I imagine there'll be, um, it'll be somewhere else on the rule that tells you when to do that. Um, you've got ether pipes, uh, which are command abilities. Uh, if you're near a terrain feature, again, watch, I'm thinking of that former Ed Crusher. Um, you can reduce your debt by doing certain things. Um, and then dealing with the Bogomeister. So you're going to accrue a ton of debt, but the trick is by doing all these other command abilities to try and get rid of them. Neat. I think that's going to be a lot like the um, Temptation Dice of uh, Slanish. That's what I was thinking of when I read this. So that one looks fun. Um, the next one is the Ashen Throne. Okay. So this is uh, catering towards uh, Conan's fetish with the uh, Chaos Dwarves. But nasty. So again, score one, score two, score more. Um, really emphasizing that there's two special terrain features, the Obsidian Monolith and the Throne of Hushut. But only... So this Throne of Hushut piece of terrain... Only leaders can enter within six inches of that. Wow. So once your leader, at the, so at the start of your command phase, uh, sorry, at the start of your hero phase, uh, you can carry out the following heroic action with a friendly hero. So you move your some hero you want to be an absolute freak show mm -hmm. in within six inches of the throne, carry out this heroic action, and then you become the avatar of Hushut. In which case, you add one to your armor saving throws, plus two to damage, um, plus two to casting rolls. And um, at the beginning of the combat phase, everything around all your enemy models take D3 mortal wounds. Oh, I just read this piece right here. Burning skies, molten earth. A model that moves nine inches or more in one phase suffers one D3 mortal wounds at the end of that phase. I wonder how that's going to work for your bop. Like what? Because that's not a move action. No. So when he just, uh, when he picks up and deploys somewhere else on the table, yeah, so that won't affect him. No. Just crazy long charges are going to get you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't roll more than nine. I barely roll a nine when I'm trying to charge, so... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a huge problem for me either. Um, so that one's that one's going to be that one's going to be bloody. Um, yes. LeBeau, I think your um, your cabbage is going to be getting that one. The next one is Bones of the World Worm. Uh, so this is the one that I think is just a wee bit uh, may need a bit of a, a tweak because the. Um, Similar victory points, score one if you mo and um, if you mind a bone shard, score one if you can tr uh, mind a uh, more bone shards, and two if you mine tooth or skull bone shards. And um, you can f there's probably going to be some big giant dead thing on the table, some skeletal structure terrain again that you can give up a movement phase to mine for. Very for these uh, victory points, um, and if you um, 
do so, you get this scent. Oh. So you smell like death. Oh. And what happens when you smell like death? Well, the primal incarnate, which is a sort of non-controlled model in the middle of the table, goes after the thing that smells the worst. (laughs) Uh, So it's going to have its own war scroll, and it will hunt it down. The only thing, and this must be on the war scroll of the incarnate itself, is it talks about rage. And it's not entirely clear from this war scroll how the primal incarnate generates rage. Um, Because they didn't include that war scroll on the player's pack, but I'm sure that'll be. Check out the death throes of the god beast. Even in death does the god beast quake the earth. At the end of each battle round, each team, starting with the player that took the first turn this round, may move one enemy unit, 1d6, the current round number in inches directly towards one table edge. Oh, I like that. That reminds me a bit of... Uh, David's thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Just getting stuff out of the way, forcing longer charges. Yes. Um, or pushing them off objectives, yep. pushing them away from the bones. Oh, it yeah, there's lots of fun with that. So, the last one, A House Divided. I'd like you to read the description. Once upon a midnight dreary... Well, I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. While I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as if someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this, and nothing... Holy shit, is that a flying house? (laughs) Okay, this... (laughs) This is really cool. Uh, I do want to acknowledge uh, that uh, my buddies threw in a line for my favorite poem uh, by Edgar Allan Poe, The Raven. Uh, Thanks, guys. I like that. I don't know if you're doing it for me, but I'm going to assume that it was. And I love love it. So there's a ghost house. That's going to be exciting. Uh, That moves. So... So this ghost house, which sits at the center of the table, um, at the beginning of each hero phase, it moves 66 in a random direction. And if you can't place... 66? Yeah. Wow. And if you can't place it, it keeps moving along its trajectory until you find a spot. Oh, okay. If it hits the board edge, it ricochets and keeps moving the other way. (laughs) Oh, wow. In a new random direction. That's cool. Oh, you think that. But read the nom, nom, nom rule. Any unit that is passed over by the ghost house, uh uh-oh, suffers D3 mortal wounds. (laughs) When the ghost house moves, the player that controls the ghost house may have each controlling unit suffer D3 mortal (laughs) wounds and then re-roll the scatter dice for the direction it travels. Oh, my gosh. So that house could ping-pong around the table like some horrible... (laughs) <laughs> oh, what was the arcade game with the the paddles and the uh, pinball? Oh, like pinball my gosh. around the table, just murdering things until one finds an open spot on the table. But you know what? You can use a ward save. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's still mortal wounds coming around, <laughs> oh, ping ponging around the table. That one might. I, it's my favorite already because of the uh, the raven. But yeah. uh, 
God, I hope I wanted to. I am going to put in a not so subtle request that perhaps. Uh, you started that I, table? I get to play on the, yeah, ghost house table. The, you know what? Uh, a house divided. I'm so excited, but I'm a little sad that I'm l- that we're only going to get to play three. I know. I know. There's some great missions in here. I wish I could play all of them. Well, hopefully they uh, hold on to these and maybe they can uh, revisit them again. These are so amazing. And if everyone could see what how they're presented, these could be in a in a little book. Like this is amazing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we I'm can't show you what this looks like, but oh my goodness, um, looks amazing. Although I was talking to Josh about this, I was like, I wonder. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out a website or some way to host files, where you know, for people listening to the podcast, and if they want to use these, right, can access them. So at this point, because um, I think there's a, I'm going to put the poster up. Uh, for the the the, the event because it's a great poster. Des did a phenomenal job on that, but I think there's a QR code on that. So my my thought is to maybe start linking files to QR codes. Oh, that's a good idea. In the image for the podcast, and then I'll I'll find some place to hold host files like these so that if people want to listen to it, they can go ahead and download it. Because yeah, this is fun stuff. If you're doing a three day, it's something to think about. Uh, I know Conan spent a ton of time uh, looking at this, so. I'm excited. When do we, when I'm do, we so do this? I'm so excited. May 6th. That's like next weekend. Yes, it is. And I've already submitted my list. But you know what? I think I'm still confident with my list with Robin. We, we have a really good combined list. Oh. It's the first list I'm doing without a monster, which is really different for me. But <laughs> that's okay. I think I settled on my list. I don't know. I'll go back and see if I don't actually own a former. So I'll have to run around town and see if there's one or... You know what would be kind of cool is now that we've talked about this doubles impact tournament, maybe we could bring someone in from the organizing group during the week, bef- just before the event. If yeah, do like a, a last minute Friday. Yeah, thing maybe that um, would be kind of fun. Uh, pre-game, like everyone's all pumped up and yeah. excited, and then a post-game. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely do a pre and post. Yeah. So that's next weekend. At the local Black Cover, great venue. Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna have a the Northern Wastes tournament there in late August. So for folks, and I know that the audience is lots of uh, Canadians and lots of British Columbians. If you want to come to a fantastic uh, two-day five-game event, it will be. Um, I think the last weekend in August. Um, Prince George, we're only like eight hours away from the Lower Mainland. We're an hour away. Eight hours away? What did I say? You said eight hours away. Yeah. It's a little bit longer. Okay, same time. Depends on how fast you drive. You know, we're easily accessible. We've got a great airport. If you want to come up and spend uh, two days with us, we would love to have you. For the international listeners, uh, all of the fans in the U.S., in Denmark, uh, in the U.K., in Australia, and maybe not Australia, uh, coach, I'll, I'll give you a pass on this if you're listening. Uh, but please, uh, the group here runs some amazing events. Uh, and I'll, it's probably too late to come up to the next weekend. But please think about us for the Northern Wastes for the last weekend of August, I believe. Actually, it's August 26th. Okay, there yes. we go. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay. I cannot wait. Amazing job to the organizers of Doubles Impact. I am just so excited, so blown away, and the amount of work that went into that and the creativity, and it, it's And I'm sure the train, because they really they oh, take so the much pride in the train. Absolutely. 
I'm just, I just feel so like just so lucky that we get to play with such an amazing yeah, really that's group. it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, and, and they do all of this for us, for our entertainment. And, you know, we just, we're just going to go in there and play all of this I'm and all the work that they've put into this. It's roll amazing. In, eat some food, have a couple beverages and yeah, have a great time. So thanks very much. Thank to you. Organizers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, dude, any last words? No, I'm just very, very excited. So I'll see you next weekend. See you next weekend. Actually, aren't we going to do another podcast before the weekend? Oh, we'll yeah. try. We'll try. Yeah. But in the meantime, yeah. we'll see you next weekend. Yes. See you next weekend. Dudes of Sigmar in and out. And so it was that the dudes would continue their journey through the mortal realms, forging ahead with a passion for the next great story. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, dudes. <laughs>